Welcome to the first episode of the Buy a Thread podcast with Jody Heim. The topic for today's episode is breast cancer awareness in honor of Breast Cancer Awareness Month in October. The topic of breast cancer ha- is near and dear to my heart. It has affected many family members, including my mom uh, and many other close family members and friends. And so I recognize the importance of early detection and prevention of breast cancer. And today I have a special guest. Her name is Dr. Sandy Pruthi from the Mayo Clinic. Dr. Sandy Pruthi received her MD degree from the University of Manitoba, Canada in 1990 and completed a family medicine residency at the Mayo Clinic in 1994. She was the director of the Breast Diagnostic Clinic at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota from January 2002 to July 2010. She is a consultant in the Department of General Internal Medicine and a professor of medicine. Dr. Pruthi's research area is in breast cancer prevention. Her clinical expertise is the management of women at increased risk for breast cancer and providing preoperative counseling to women newly diagnosed with breast cancer. She is the Mayo Clinic Principal Investigator on several national breast cancer prevention and biomarker trials aimed at reducing the risk of breast cancer. She has collaborated in the Women's Health Trials studying complementary and alternative therapies for management of menopausal symptoms and improving the quality of life of breast cancer survivors. Dr. Pruthi is the Chief Medical Editor and Associate Medical Director for Content Management and Delivery for Global Business Solutions. She is an Associate Medical Director for Development and Physician Partner in the Center for Innovation at Mayo Clinic. Dr. Pruthi is also a board member for the National Consortium of Breast Centers. I welcome Dr. Sandy Pruthi. Can you tell me a little bit about why you are so passionate about this type of work? Breast cancer. And patients 
Mm-hmm. It helps set the stage for understanding why the treatment options that will be proposed to them are so important that they understand yeah. based on understanding the biology. And then that these treatments are going to be some difficult treatments and others may not have to deal with the same ones. And, and often when my patient leaves the room, I'll tell them, don't go and Google the word breast cancer. Um, talk to a few friends, but don't tell 25 people because everybody's going to tell you their experience and you don't know their biology of their breast cancer. You don't understand how it was caught, when it was caught. All these factors can change how one person gets treated over another. And people tend to want to compare. And I and I teach my patients, we're, we're individualizing the treatment around you and what your cancer type is, how you present it, your age, your family history, we take in all these factors. Yes. And I think that that's one of the things that I'm most passionate about is giving that kind of level of education and engagement with my patients. Knowledge so, is power. Absolutely, yeah. knowledge is power. And everybody learns in a different way. Mm-hmm. Some people want everything written for them. And others want to read it on their own. Um, others say, well, give it to me in the two-minute elevator speech. Sure. Because that's all I can handle. And so you have to know how to judge your patient's readiness and Sometimes it requires repeating things. Sometimes it requires telling them um, something in a different format or in a different way. But again, remember at the end of the day, it's how much they understand that will make it better for them when they're going through the treatment, that it makes sense that this is why my treatment my treatment regimen requires that I have chemo or I have to take a drug or I might need to talk to a plastic surgeon and then I may need to have genetic testing. So that's around the cancer world. But now I want to move into a, probably the most passionate part of my career has been obviously wanting to prevent breast cancer. Um, and that's a big um, vision, a big thinking that around can we prevent breast cancer. And, and a lot of it has to do with educating patients around lifestyle. Okay. And um, I remind women that we think, from what we know about the breast cancer uh, risk factors, that um, obesity, um, alcohol and excess, or even being sedentary and not exercising can actually put you at a higher risk for breast cancer. Okay. And if we can educate women about lifestyle uh, modification, I think we can really help to understand what can I do that's in my control and that's what patients want what could I do mm-hmm. the other piece about prevention is there are some women who are going to be eligible to take a medicine and I often use the example that if your cholesterol is high would you take a cholesterol pill to prevent heart disease and we actually should be thinking that same way in the world of breast cancer prevention is if I tell you you're at high risk, would you be more likely to take a medicine that could prevent breast cancer or reduce your risk by a substantial amount? And we have evidence and data that there are medicines that can do that in high-risk women. And um, you had asked me about my areas of research. 
that I may have a strong family history or have these risk factors based on maybe having a baby late in their life or um, never having children or being exposed to hormones. We, we worry about long-term use of hormones, especially after menopause. Could those contribute to cancer risk? And um, those are nice risk factors that you can get your hands around when you ask them. But women who have many of those risk factors often say to me, but then I did all those right things and I still got breast cancer. What happened? Sure, sure. And yeah, I know they did. I, they're exercising, they're watching their weight, they're still getting this diagnosis. So we started to better understand the, the family risk factors. And we know that some families, there's a pattern, we call it familial breast cancer. And in some families, there's a hereditary component and they're testing for the breast cancer gene. One of which is very familiar known as the BRCA1 or 2 mutation. Mm -hmm. And yet in families, breast cancers are occurring over many generations and this genetic mutation isn't presenting. They're testing negative. Figure out what happened here, and, and I think that's where I'm really most excited about is trying to figure out what else is going on in this family. We call it familial risk factor. Could we do a better job of maybe understanding that family's um, genetic makeup? What's going on here? And um, fortunately, working at Mayo, we have amazing researchers who are doing what we call translation or in the lab, understanding some of these features that we should be hopefully bringing to the bedside. So taking mm-hmm. it, the science that you get in the lab to the bedside. And I'm at Mayo able to interact with my scientists who, who are studying this. And sure. um, we, we were more recently um, informed that there are some spelling mistakes. We call them SNPs, single nucleotide polymorphisms. They're actually a variation in your genetic makeup. And these are common variants we all have, but when you take a group of them and study them, they could find some variations in women who are getting breast cancer. Interesting. And said, why don't we test and see if we could actually look for these in women and, and design a study around doing this blood test. And so that's really an exciting, another way to identify a risk factor, maybe more of a familial risk factor. It's not all just about your reproductive risk, like your first baby or never having a baby, sure. but more around this. And it's um, an exciting area, and we're doing some research to identify these high-risk people and offering them an option to take potentially these medicines when they're better understanding their risk medications have side effects not everybody wants to take them right. and so they want to understand what's my true benefit but at the same time my risk and then tell me if this is a right um, time for me to be taking these types of medicines to prevent breast cancer and and my um, push to women out there today is if you have a family history of breast cancer or you're high risk Go to a breast center like Mayo, where we actually have a high-risk breast center, and we see women who come in with family history 
doctor to find out what should I know mm-hmm. in a personalized approach preventing breast cancer. What are the early detection options, not just mammograms, but even if I should have more than that, we call that supplement. And women need MRIs because they're high risk or very high risk. And so who wouldn't know that if you didn't come and right. it's interesting a couple patients I saw in the past month who came in the door with that and they said, Dr. Bruzzi, after talking to you and you kind of personalized me in terms of what my plan, my individual plan should be to prevent and early detect, I almost canceled this appointment because I thought it was like nothing that would come out of it other than you'll say, oh, you have a family history. Mm-hmm. And said, you told me more about what I could do and said, I am so glad I had that time with you and you did the risk assessment. You gave me the recommendations that were unique to my needs. And I think that's what we should be doing now today is, is doing what we call an individualized approach and, and focus with my patient in the middle. And that's what we do at May. So I wanted to kind of take my area of expertise and turn it into a personalized approach around family history right. of breast cancer. Absolutely. I love the fact that um, we're starting to think more preventative than reactive. And it's so important. And I think it's important for women to hear that it's not we're not all lumped together. We've all heard that early detection is best, but knowing that we can simply have a conversation without any symptoms and individualize it. I think that's really important and I appreciate appreciate that work. I know you, we don't have a lot of time here, but I wanted to ask you, uh, I um, have heard um, from patients that you have worked with in the past that you have this ability to make them feel like they are the only person in the world and your work is so appreciated. But my question to you is, uh, you are empowering and caring for all of these women every day. How do you separate and, you know, the emotion that goes along with these crucial conversations that you're having and walking these people through this journey and separating that from Dr. Pruthi, from, from the person that has a life outside of Mayo Clinic? Yes, that's a, it's a really interesting question that is so nicely asked, Jody. Thank you for asking like that. And um, I always come back to my passion for medicine. Um, I went into medicine and to be a doctor for me was to be able to take care of patients. And, um, and I always remember that. It wasn't um, about the career itself. It was that I wanted to make a difference for my patients in their lives. And um, when I see a patient every day, each time I'm in with somebody new, I always remember that they are the most important person in the room today, and that's why I'm here to be with them. And yes, it's to empower them with knowledge, but I want to listen to them. I want to hear what they're asking me. They want to hear what they're telling me, and I want them to know that they're being heard because I think that medicine is important because every patient has a different way in which their experiences bring them to a doctor. Mm-hmm. And when somebody tells me that I lost my mother to breast cancer at 30, or, you know, I have had um, multiple scary visits to a doctor because of my mammograms or my breast tissue is very lumpy, 
I have to remember, these are things that they think about all the time. And I have that opportunity with them in that hour that I have to make them understand that I want to help them understand all those things that they're worried about and and hope to make them less, less anxious. But also give them the knowledge to be able to understand, so what do I need to do about it? Because I think that's what doctors, as doctors we should be doing is educating our patients. Mm-hmm. And you can't educate them uh, by talking above them. You have to talk with them, to talk at their level. And I think that's what my patients hold, that I tend to do that a lot. I speak to them as if I would want them, I would want to understand something. I would want them to understand it because I talk to a point where they can say, this makes sense. Now I know why you explain my breast tissue is lumpy because now I understand why my mammogram has created all these extra pictures that I needed to take. And that takes time. Sure. But time is important. It, it yeah. takes time. But when you do it right and you can really give that information that they need when they need it, huge difference to a patient. And that's what I'm, I'm passionate about. And that's why I went into medicine. Dr. Pruthi, it has been a pleasure visiting with you, and I thank you for taking time out of your very busy schedule, and I want you to know that you are a gift to many, and, and Mayo is is very uh, blessed to have you on their team. Thank you. Thank you, It was a pleasure talking to you, and thanks again for doing this. This is so important. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. what you've learned today and and maybe you're out there living with that underlying fear that you could be at risk or maybe you someone in your family has had cancer and and you have that concern don't live with that anxiety make an appointment ask the questions find some peace in the midst of that fear god bless and much love love joey